Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast again. Um, I'm back in my office. I'm back in my my studio. Yes, let's pretend we're very professional. I'm back in my studio. Um, back at the ranch. <laughs> I'm back at the ranch again, and I'm certainly not in the back in in the smoking area of uh, of Mike the Pie's pub where I was the last time you guys saw me. Uh, that was a long night. Believe me, it was a long, long night. But um, <laughs> back in the land of the living again, and and delighted to be back here to chat about um about this upcoming Everton game that we have at the weekend, and uh. You know, Paddy, this uh, it's 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 just another leg in a in a really kind of difficult uh, September that we have upcoming. And but but I, I genuinely think this is this is something we can get points from this weekend. Well, you know what, I, I was I haven't seen Everton play this season, and they they played Monday night, and I was playing football, so I, I completely haven't seen anything from Everton this season. So I sat down today to look at you know, what, how they've been getting on and whatever. They've played, what, four matches, conceded three goals. They've won the four of them, haven't they? Or they drew at Everton, sorry, five matches. Everton drew at Leeds. Sorry, they drew at Leeds. <laughs> drew at Leeds. Um, beat Southampton, beat uh, Brighton. Yeah. Beat that- Bournemouth. They, they haven't um, really played anyone. Like, look, Leeds oh, aside, no. really. Uh, but they haven't played anyone that's, that, that's caused them too much hassle this season yet. Hmm. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get with Everton. You don't know what Everton is going to turn up. Um, they're without Dominic Calvert Lewin, definitely. I'm mm, informed. Sure. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily a, a good thing. But look, it's uh, you're going to have Richarlison and whoever else in there to 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 give you a lot of trouble. But look, they're they're a good 
uh, a good solid side so far this season and it's not going to be a walk in the park for me and I think it'll be particularly low scoring. Um, I don't. I think... Th- I, I, I this, think history will tell you it never is. But no. And, I think and, this time it could be. And like... <sighs> Like, like Everton is such a difficult team. Like you know, we always play good games against Everton. As in, the games are always there's always something mad that happens in them, whether it's late, late goals or whatever. You know, we just go back to to the Ashley Young goal. You know, every time I see Aston Villa versus Everton uh, in a fixture list, I just can't help myself from thinking about that goal. And I'm sure there's many, many, many people like that that are in exactly the same boat. But like you, you look at like the previous six meetings, it's been two wins for them, two wins for us, two draws. Uh, you know, it's very evenly matched. It's the it's the longest standing fixture in uh, in the top flight of English football, if I'm not mistaken. Aston Villa and Everton, and it's also the Kazoo Derby as well. So there's so much going for this game. This is a historic game at the weekend, but I think there is going to be goals. I know you like uh, we can't defend anywhere near like we could last season. We just don't have the ability to do so. And I think I think the league itself isn't a defensive league anymore. It's an interesting one. I was having a discussion with somebody today, and, and and I think more and more teams are setting up to to just score more goals than the other team. And I like if you look at Man City, Man City have given up on keeping clean uh, and wanting to keep clean sheets. They they want to go and score five or six goals a game. Liverpool started this trend, you know, with Sane, with with uh, Sane, Salah, and Firmino just go and score tons and tons of goals. United have strengthened massively at the top of the top of the pitch. They just want to go and score tons of goals. As have Chelsea, just gone and strengthened the top of the pitch to score tons and tons of goals. And and that's why I like there's no point in the mid middle teams just going out and playing out nil draws and one one draws and whatever. I think both of these teams are going to go for it. And I think that was one of the reasons why Dean Smith probably looked at our our formation and went our formation previous to the Chelsea game and went, you know what? We're not creating chances from play. He changed it around, came up with a deadly game plan. Granted, granted we lost 3-0, but we got 18 shots away, away from home in Stamford Bridge. And 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 look, it might just be a small sample size, but I think this I think both teams are gonna go out there and try and shoot the lights out. I think I think it might be that could be the case, but like I don't think Everton have the firepower that Chelsea have to go and score three goals on us. Um, but they, I don't know what their big chances was, or you know, in the game, I, I only anticipate it was a couple more than what what they actually scored. So you know, when you've got players like Lukaku and obviously us making life easy for them as well, um, for for their other goal. The, the, these are going to add up, so I don't envisage we're going to make them mistakes at the weekend, and I don't envisage that Everton have the firepower to punish us if we did. But uh, it's it's an Everton side who are in transition under Rafa Benitez, and so far he's done a particularly good job. So for that reason, I'm still a little bit skeptical of whether we can go and win it or not. That's another thing as well. Rafa Benitez is just suited to the Premier League. Just what he does, just works in the Premier League. Mm. Um, fantastic manager been linked with him before like is he is he past his sell by date i i think i've probably been accused of saying that not accused i've probably been guilty more so to, of saying that before but i think mm. that like what he does he gets he, like he's their 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 signings at the summer were damari gray who's just banging goals in for fun and andres townsend who scored an absolute worldly at the weekend yeah. you know and and it's just he's just a good coach 
Benitez, but I think sometimes what happens is, you know, some people call him egotistical. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, sometimes he just doesn't stick around the clubs long enough to have that long-term success like he did in Valencia mm. or Liverpool. But like he's a uh, um, he's formidable ta- uh, tactician, and you know we're going to be playing against him at the weekend, and 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 I think Dean Smith is uh, is going to relish the challenge of. Of, of of getting in there and going to 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 with him on the on, on the touchline just like he did with Thomas Tuchel and like it sounds stupid and it sounds pretty mad to say it but like the last three nil at the weekend but Dean Smith won the battle on the touchline. Well, I know we haven't had a, an opportunity to talk about the game at the weekend, but I, I can safely say that Aston Villa have never lost three nil, and I've got up off my seat and went that was a good performance. And being proud of how they played. And I, I can safely say that's never, ever, ever happened before. Well, with the exception of maybe Liverpool in the FA Cup last year. <laughs> I think that's about the only time anything like that has happened for me. They were just phenomenal. I was just so enthused looking at it. I'm a lot more optimistic having watched them lose a 3-0 win. And I never imagined I'd be saying those words ever in my life. But I think everybody will agree that, you know, it was just a phenomenal performance. And... The one thing that, you know, when when I was looking today, there's a, there's a website I use for injuries, you know, and I found they're missing Calvert-Lewin. They're still missing James Rodriguez, who I believe is COVID or is... Trained, he trained today, but he's not going to be... He's not he's going not to be, be fit enough. No, he hasn't trained in three weeks or something. So he yeah. won't be he won't be playing. And Fabian Delph is out, which is probably no loss to them. But from our point of view, it's looking like it's only going to be Trezeguet and Chukwameka, who are carrying an injury, providing we have everybody Davis back. Well. Sorry, forgot about Davis. Davis. Yeah. Uh, so, providing we have the two guys back um, through through the the uh, correct channels through Croatia and back in training, which I presume is the case at this stage, given the fact that we're over seven days since since they were in Brazil. So, uh, we'll find out soon enough. I've no doubt, but uh, we'll have we'll have the the. There we go. Yeah, Pierce was on the ball. Wow, just a few hours before kickoff. Well, a few hours before kickoff could be eight a.m. in the morning or whatever. Look, I, I, yeah, I think I think Emmy Martinez plays. I don't think Bundia gets back into that midfield anyway. Um, I don't think well, he does. I don't think I don't think he'd drop any of those midfield three. If if they play the same system as they did last week, which they probably will, um. I I think that team that team won't change at all from what from what we saw starting that game last week, but uh, apart apart from the goalkeeper, I think I think that's a no brainer to bring to bring Emmy back in there. He's just a calming influence on the team. Not that Jed did anything particularly wrong in the game, um, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd agree with Piers there. Definitely Martinez will be in for me. Buendia will have to fight for his place now after heading off to his travels to South America. Let's take a couple more comments there before we go back to chat more about it. But uh, here's one from Humber Digital from Ronan. Uh, first game of the season, I'll be heading over to see all the way from Cavan. Looking forward to a great day. A few beers, a pie, and Villa win 2-1. Yet to see Villa lose live at Villa Park. Get him over there more often. There you Let, go. <laughs> GoFundMe has been set up as we speak to keep <laughs> keep Ronan in Birmingham <laughs> for good. Um, yeah, yeah play. I hope you enjoy it. I, re- I reckon he could operate homeboard digital from uh, from Aston. What do you reckon? 
yeah, why not? Yeah, I hear, I hear the internet's good over that over that side. Um, probably better than Gavin. I'm sure, it's, sure, it'd be better than Gavin than Kevin. <laughs> but uh, no, fair play to you. Listen, look, I'm as jealous as all hell. I, I won't get over this side of Christmas. I don't think the way things are going. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the day, and I hope your prediction comes true because I think this could be any score really at the weekend. I really, really do. Um. Yeah, I'd agree. If you win, if we win, you need to stay over there to the next one, and so on, so on. <laughs> exactly. Um, Matt has gone over as well. This has been my first uh, Villa game since we beat Brighton two one. Does oh, the well. team here about Lucky Charms going over to this game? I hope so. I'm liking it. So. I'm liking it. I'm, I'm just raising it. My first game. I'll have to wait another few weeks. Yeah. When did you say you were going over again? Wolves. I have you. Wolves. You did. We're going to be mm. over there for Wolves, so we'll have a team sheet tantrum from outside the outside the stadium with our roving reporter Paddy, um, which will be great crack. Uh, Ad says as well that Rafa has definitely got it. Excuse me, has definitely got them organised. I, I I agree. I think the three at the back it suits them as well. Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey and Michael Keane. Ben Godfrey's a fine player. Um, not everybody's cup of tea. Some people don't like him at all, but uh, I really like him. I, I I think he's he's got an awful lot of these game. Ben Godfrey, and uh, he's somebody I think that matches up really well to Ollie Watkins at the weekend. And without spoiling what I have a hot take for how we're going to set up this week, um, uh, remind me to to mention that again, Paddy. But uh, I think that Ben Godfrey is their ace in the pack uh, at this weekend, weekend against the Aston Villa team. Um, Tambo says tough game. The first time we might see the plans for this for this season for the team this season. Yeah, actually, with no injuries. Yeah, you mentioned that, Paddy. Hardly any injuries. This could be the first time we see what Smith actually envisioned for this team. Yeah, well, I know they're not injured, but we'll probably still have people who are fighting back to fitness as well, as we as we say. But I can't imagine Philogene Bedace is going to be up to uh, 90 minutes or even or even off the bench if he was in a boot a few weeks ago. But look, we, we can only uh, we can only wait for what Dino says tomorrow. But it, it's as close as we're going to get to seeing our, our best squad and who knows maybe they're maybe they'll all be ready for next week when we play Manu and then we can then we can judge it then yeah and and like I wouldn't be surprised to see the bones of 100 million of talent on the bench either but uh you know one way or another I think we'll definitely have two 30 30 million pound players plus Birch and Troy on the bench you know like we're we are we are this year where Everton were two years ago. And put that's 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 to put this in context. Mm. Two years ago, Everton went away and they blew a lot of money. And and, and these, these players are still still in their team at the moment and in and around the fringes. Uh, they bought Andre Gomez, they bought Ducore, they bought uh, Bernard, who's gone, they bought um Iwobi. They spent tons of money. Like I think they spent this was like 28, rising to 50 million on Iwobi. Like, Crazy stuff. You'd probably expect to pay it this year the way things have gone, but at the time, absolutely crazy stuff. Yeah, it was in in and around that. They weren't the exact figures, but I remember at the time it was eye watering Mm. stuff. Like, and but the funny thing is, whenever you hear any of the Everton players ask uh, who's the most skillful player in training, every one of them to a man will say James Rodriguez or Alex Iwobi. Mm. I watched the thing recently on uh, on on Everton. It was kind of like a teammates thing. 
and more of them said it will be than said James Rodriguez, but it was probably about, I think they asked like 15 players. It was probably about nine of them said it will be, six of them said James Rodriguez. And you just wouldn't think it to see him, but apparently he's supposed to be a solid, solid guy, real good teammate, and uh, and supposed to be like a proper street footballer in training, but uh, just doesn't translate onto the field in in games yeah. you know and we've all we've tackle. all played we've all played with players like that in training that are world beaters and put them on a pitch on a saturday and they just they just don't cut it mm. so it's uh it's 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 just one of those things and you know i i did actually have a little bit of a snigger when when they signed him for 30 million i thought it was absolutely crazy for a guy who never really cut it in the past to be paying that amount of money. But then when you think about it, we did something similar with the likes of Wesley <laughs> and, and well, Bailey, who we don't know what, what what's going to come from him either. So you have to take risks too. But yeah, it, certainly, I, it certainly wouldn't have been a risk I would have liked Aston Villa to take. No, you have, well, not back then anyway, but you have to take, you have sometimes to take a punt on athleticism as well, because like a Warby's a big, like you could, you could give Wobby six weeks training and throw him into a heavyweight boxing match, you know. He's uh, he's just an athletic freak and a genetic freak, and he's fast and he's got a powerful shot and stuff. It's just sometimes tactics just aren't his thing and playing in a tactical uh, um realm like that. There's uh, playing on the wing, playing the wing, you, you you need to be able to go both ways in the Premier League, like so uh so that, that might be his thing, which is which is strange. But uh Gaz Oak says uh, Buendia probably won't start. The the three five two will probably stay. No, I I, I don't think Buendia starts. I, th- I think he'll be on the bench uh, yeah. at week weekend. Um, but I think I think, that's, I think this might be the 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 three five two will stay. Um, yeah. Especially especially against the bigger sides or the perceived bigger sides. So I I reckon he'll play it this weekend with Man United and Chelsea in mind over the next week and Spurs. The week after, so it's about perfecting it now. Um, it's similar to how how Everton will line up as well. So you kind of have to go like for like if 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 you've got that in your armory to do it, which we have. Pierce says Ings and Watkins to start to pair up front again, or do you guys think the one will be dropped and both Bailey and Troy come into the team? Can't see us keeping the back five. Go, Paddy. Well, as I said already, I don't I don't see any change. Uh, Call it a back five, call it a back three, whatever it is. It worked at the weekend. It, it gave a whole lot of rope to Douglas Louise, which I enjoyed watching. Um, he didn't have to sit as deep as possible. As a result, it strangled Chelsea in midfield. So I enjoyed that bit. I enjoyed John McGinn being absolutely world-class. He was mm. absolutely brilliant. For for once, I agreed with Graeme Sooners after the match, saying how good John McGinn was. He was absolutely outstanding. Jacob Ramsey... Probably his best game for the club. Um, I don't say that too lightly because he's he's been he's been great in in all but the one game we played him on on the right wing in in uh, the end of last season, if memory serves me correct, mm-hmm. where he was kind of lost. Um, so it, it just gave a license for those guys to go and play football that we know Douglas Luiz can play football because he knew he had the, the safety net of having those guys behind them. Albeit we did concede the first goal probably because of it but the likes of Chelsea will punish you like that will Everton do it probably not so I, I will I even envisage that we'll try and perfect this back three at the weekend because my hot take Paddy that's why I let you go first so <laughs> I couldn't I wanted to keep it to the end but uh, my hot take is going to be that Danny Ings doesn't start this game 
and it barely starts it and that we go with a pacey two we pick up with a pacey two up front and it barely almost plays up top and uh, I think that the back five or back three I don't think it's a back five because of the way the target and cash play um obviously uh, but I think that the back three is here to stay for as long uh, uh well I think that we're going to experiment with it a small bit more because Dean Smith knows we need a defensive need a bit more steel in midfield. I don't think we could get the defensive midfielder we needed. I don't. I don't think that we wanted to just go and buy any defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I think the defensive midfielders we wanted, we will, we we will either go back and get in January. And people may say that's mad. Why not push on now? Because I think everybody at the club knows the score, and I think that they know that this isn't the push on year that they always wanted. Like if we get there, fantastic. But I, I think that, and there'll always be pressure to to better last year's result. But I don't think that this is the year that, uh, that after sending Jack that they were going to just push all their chips into the middle of the table. I think they're willing to wait for the player that they wanted. The back three is, I think, stays in place. Could be 100% wrong, but I, I think the back three stays in place. I think they're three very good footballers. They're three footballers that um, complement each other. And um, I think the target and cash going forward is very, very important. Um, Dean Smith called Bailey a striker when he first came into the club. And not one, not two, but three occasions called him a striker. We've played him on the wing is uh, in, in a 4 2 3 1 previously. Um, but I think that we will see him play up top or closer to up top in this game, should I say. And, and I think we could see Danny Ings not start this game just to, uh, on the basis that with having Yeri Mina and, um, and Michael Keane up there as well as, as, as Godfrey, Godfrey's going to follow around um, uh, Watkins is what I think. And I think it's just better to have somebody in there that's a bit more pacey because uh, getting in between the two boys, because Godfrey plays in the middle, which is really strange to see a, a marker play in the middle, but I think that if we have someone else pacey up there, that could cause them awful consternation. Now just sit back and watch me to be horrendously wrong on Saturday because Dean Smith doesn't change his team, but that's why I was alluding to the start where I said, we'll have £30 million players on the bench, but we will, one way or another, I don't think that Bailey starts. If, if Ings starts, I don't think Bailey starts. I think if Bailey starts, I don't think Ings starts because I don't think he's dropping Matt Target or Matty mm. Cash to to bring in any any new fullbacks if he does no. play with the with the three the three five two like he did the last day. Barring we pick up any last minute injuries, touch wood, mm. that's not going to be the case because we fucking had our fill of them now at this stage. <laughs> I don't I don't see any changes. I, I I would be actually pretty annoyed if they changed it because it was just a joy to watch last week. I thought we were phenomenal. And, you know, we, we haven't got into it in any great detail, nor are we going to because it's in the past at this stage. But it was really, really, really good to watch. And, you know, people going all in on Mings this week, you know, just remember that all those mistakes come from what happens in front of them. There's loads of mistakes all around the pitch. It's just unfortunate. And look, it's we all know he lacks a little bit of concentration there. Tell it like it is. But don't go all in on him because it was it wasn't his fault that we lost three 0 there the other day. That definitely wasn't the case. It was his fault that we probably didn't couldn't get back into the game. It probably yeah. just tipped yeah. the game. Just be honest. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, when, when we're picking a team, Tyrone Mings is one of the first names on the on the team sheet. Albeit, yeah. I'm perfectly within my rights to say it was a brain fart. It was a fuck up. Yeah. Get over it. Move on. You know we're lucky. That we've a really good goalkeeper to come back in there who probably would have been better positioned to Bingo. come in and get Bingo. that. And that is the mitigating factor in the whole thing. Ball probably could have been played a bit different to Mings in the fourth place, 
So there's a lot a lot going on there. But again, Mings was just caught a little bit short in in his thinking, in my in my belief. And uh he put his hands up and accepted blame. And you know, there will come a time where we'll have to say, well, you know, you can only say sorry too many times. But for me, he's first man on the on the team sheet. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to really get into the Mings thing. People make mistakes. We're not all fallible. Um, you know, yeah, it was it was it was a high profile mistake. It was a shit time just after after halftime, and and it really killed our momentum. But uh, I think you mentioned something very important there that if he passed that ball back to Emmy Martinez, not having a go at Jed Steer, it's certainly not Jed Steer's fault or whatever. Yeah. But Govacic is really fast, and Steer wasn't wasn't that fast off his line either. So, mm. but look. Put the ball into Rosette if you're if you're in the, if you're uh, in yeah. two months. I'm, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely and, sure that Mings was or uh, Jed Steer was told to play it safe as well. There was another occasion there was a ball played over the top, and I've no doubt in my mind Emmy Martinez would have been 25 yards out clearing that, whereas Jed Steer was waiting on the into the box yeah. and giving us all a fucking heart attack. So yeah. I said it at the time that, that that was obviously the case. He needed he was told, look, stay to your line and let the lads do their job. So as a result. That probably caught us out. Yeah, yeah, and look, look, look. Nobody can sit there and say, "Oh no, I don't think it was his fault," because nobody's saying that. We're just saying that. Look, fuck it, shit happens in love and war. Like, and uh, oh, yeah. what can we, what can we do about it? We can sit here, we can give out about him for the next thirty-four games, or we can just get behind him and, and see how far we get up the table. Yeah, yeah. but as I said, is. there will come a time where t- apologies aren't going to cut it. You know. The, oh yeah, the, and and that's a fair point. And and it, it has been has been a case where every time he makes a mistake, he's been absolutely phenomenal after it. He just needs to keep it that way and try to limit those potentially game-changing mistakes. And that's the be-all and end-all. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of players in front of him that allowed the ball to get there, and that's the problem. True Magpie 1 is a villain in Killarney. Loving the show, lads. Like Paddy, I'm really enthused after Strzelski. Greetings from Killarney, or greetings from Galway and from Limerick into your... I presume you're in your house or in your sitting room or wherever you're watching this, but wherever you are in Killarney, lovely to have you along. Um, only, <laughs> so that's Kevin and Killarney we have so far. I can only guess there's a there's a, a GAA team in, in Killarney called the Magpies. I presume it's not a Newcastle reference if he's here. No, no, no. no. He's, he's, he's watching a Villa, a Villa fan cast. He's not going to be a Villa uh, or a Newcastle fan. And even well, if I you watch, are, you're still more today. <laughs> You're still more than welcome. Yeah, I was on a Leicester one today for whatever reason. Um, earlier on at six o'clock doing a match doing match predictions for the weekend. It was actually a good crack. The boys were eating pizza. See, the boys had a pizza sponsor. I should have asked them what's their secret. Uh, Leicester fan TV or something they were called. They were sitting inside in the pizzeria getting free pizzas on their way to go and watch Leicester and Napoli. Yeah, free pizzas and beer. And here's us two plunkers sitting at home inside in our studio, in our office, Neil. Um, those, damn, it was the opposite way around. It's not allowed to call an office studio. Be professional. See, that's why we don't have sponsors. Fuck's sake. Um, Neil, the day will come where we'll broadcast live from a pub with two juicy points in front of us. And, that's, yeah. And it might get a little bit messy, but we'll have a bit of crack doing it. <laughs> we'll do it. When all this shit day. comes to an end, that's what will happen. Exactly. Exactly. Dean, good to see you again, man. Uh, very excited to see the lineup formation and bench. Finally, lots of viable options. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. And options is the key word here. Didn't have yeah. them last year. Didn't have them the year before. Didn't have them for the first three games, four games of the season. We have them now. So let's but see that, how we're, we use we're seeing, them. We're seeing the fruits of, of many years of heartache of watching players getting injured and, and not 
having the backbone there to to step up. And we've got such a strong underage setup that if something does happen, we have the likes of Ramsey, Carney, Philogene Badace, Kessler Hayden, whoever it may be, Hayden Lindley, uh, Mungo Bridge, all these players are, you know, are there for a reason. Um, and plus we've 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 bought players and we've bought quality. So there's genuine reason to fear now what we bring off our bench, which is fantastic. You know, someone said to me today about Amwer Al Ghazi. Amwer Al Ghazi doesn't even get anywhere near the team at the, the way it is at the moment. And and that's that's crazy to believe that you know that he scored so many goals last season. Um that's why I don't agree with you with Danny Ings having scored two goals. I don't think he'd be dropped. But anyway, we'll see what happens in the team sheet tantrum. Maybe so, yeah. Maybe so. I just think tactically it could be something that, that that maybe he maybe they look at, you know, maybe they look at. Maybe he doesn't drop like they did take him off last week. You know, they took him off, and maybe yeah. maybe there isn't too much to read into that. But uh, um, it's uh, it's definitely something that I think they might they might look at. Should I say? Um, what else have we going on here? What else have we going on here, guys? Uh, I'm in the wrong wrong page anyway first of all um good point from ed is i'd like to see sense on at some point he's almost like a new science still don't know what his role is in our midfield i will make what? a prediction that we will see sense on next tuesday night versus chelsea and that will be his first start of the season that's that's what i can see is is on the way for him and it was the, it's the perfect game to bring him in and see where he's at so i don't think we'll see him until then might get a, a fleeting 15 minutes at the end of this we'll see hmm. Um, maybe so. I, I, yeah, potentially he could be. He could be so. Uh, we might, we might even see him over Bundia. Um, considering their, you know, their, their, their press players up top. You know, we can play Sansa in the ten position. Like another McGinn and press, press, press like mad with him as well. If, if, if we needed to bring on a player to do that to, at, at the end of a game, we could see him. Yeah, for sure, fifteen minutes. But like you said, I think we see him next Tuesday night against Chelsea. Um. Dara, good to see you, Dara, my old friend. Uh, Dara O'Grady, <laughs> um, fellow street footballer, I've always found it easy to track. Yeah, all those, what, I'm going to say 420, 422 games for Ben and Gary AFC. Some going. Some going. I'm going to say you did it 422 times. If I've pulled that number out of the top of my head, I deserve a point the next time I see you there. Because uh, that'll be some kind of Rain Man shit that I've done there if I was able to pull your your appearances um, out of out of the back of my mind. Um, great to see we've such a strong bench this season. Plenty of options depending on how the results go. Absolutely, Elliot. Uh, we, were, we you know Elliot agrees with the with the options. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Kahuna Gaming. Good to have you on board, man. Uh, we're going to be doing something fun later on. I think over the next couple of months. Um, which will be uh, a bit of crack. I want, I won't ruin the surprise, but uh, it might involve uh, a limit man and a cartman managing against each other, um, at some stage <laughs> later. But uh, just, just, just to, to kind of throw that one out. Um, uh, there's loads and loads of stuff there, um, loads and loads of, of comments in here. Paddy, I've got, a, I've got a quick one for you actually, just on, I suppose. I'm gonna say on the. And the reason I'm kind of asking you this is because, because as, as some of you may know, Paddy has his has his UEFA badges, 
Um, he has he has UEFA badges. If I, I, I'll, I'll put it. He has his UEFA badges. Make makes it sound like you have it all the way up to the pro badge. So no, um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but we've brought in a couple. Like we've brought in coaches, and and so far we've already seen Aston McFree wasn't here a wet week, and we were launching the ball in for Maddie Cash and, and drying it with drying it with the towel, and the towel became the twelfth man. And you know we've seen that, and that's something I want to talk about as well in a moment. But um, thanks has come in. And I saw somebody had a, a, a comment there about it. Unfortunately, I've lost it in the in 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 the mire of all the comments there. But thanks uh, um, has come in, and we've changed formation, and we've got eighteen shots on target. And you hear then during the week that he's had one-on-one sessions with Caleb Chukmueka. He's had we've had other players. Um, you know, he's been working with them as well mm-hmm. that he's brought up into the squad. Tim Igor. Um, Timmy. Timmy, yeah, tall Timmy, we'll call him, because uh, he's a big boy. He scored a banger of a goal against, uh, I think it was against Norwich um, for the 23s during the week. He's been working with him as well. It's it's kind of interesting the way that the club are playing this. That, that it's it's very much becoming a case of you know we know our our like Dean Smith is there for is there to coach the coach the defensive side of things, um, yeah. and we've got Shakespeare looking over the, the I suppose. The majority of everything there as well, and then we've got Danks, and we've got we've got uh, Austin McVie. So I suppose my question, Paddy, is how quickly can a coach's effect be seen? Oh, very uh, quickly, very quickly. Um, you know the way you often see an initial. Um, so say a manager gets sacked and a coach comes in straight away, and you see an initial hit yeah. that some players have just warmed to them and and changed their game and and up their game. And and that can happen. That can happen on a regular basis. You know, you, you you've seen like people always tell you. Um, I know a couple of players that have played under Sam Allardyce over the years. He's an excellent man manager. So he comes in and tells the players exactly where he sees their strengths being that they're not they're not coming to, and he brings them to that level. And him and all that backroom staff work together and change that. Now I'm just using Sam Allardyce as a as, a, as an example. You know that. You, you look around, it, I, I actually find it phenomenal. If you look at the likes of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's nearly alone on the sideline for every game. Mm. Never interacts with anybody, which is, which, as he, uh, if I was a United fan, that would frighten me a little bit. I just, I just think, well, maybe the players are just drilled that that's the way they're going out and that's not going to change. Who knows? Maybe they just have too much talent that they, they don't need to talk to them during a the game. But, we're we're on the other hand are, are an up and coming team and bringing in a guy like that. Um I saw on one of the social media today, was that him behind uh Bailey taking a shot with his right foot? Did you see Tim? that today? It was him, yeah. So Tim, we big Tim or, or Chuck Mark? Ba- Bailey. Bailey was taking a shot with his right foot and the, the, there was a Oh big sorry, sorry, yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a post on I think it was Twitter, the Aston Villa Twitter today. Um and and it looked like Danks was behind him. It was, it was hard to see because it was kind of fuzzy behind him, but I presume that too it was. So he's already working on stuff with the big boys as well, boys who are perceived to come in and know their stuff. You know, thirty million pound players. So yeah, to answer your question in a nutshell, you you can see that very quickly. And all it takes for him is to pick one player, change something about that one player. And if you were to ask me who that one player was last week, it was John McGinn. <laughs> yeah, but John McGinn, what John McGinn did last week is it's it's not something that we haven't seen from John McGinn, and and 
And I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. John McGinn, is, this is his fourth year with Aston Villa. The three years previous, John McGinn has played three. He's like he's played three separate roles, three completely different roles to the year he's played before. He's done it. I, I've I've done a statistical analysis of it, it's for heat map analysis and stuff like that. It's 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 up in the way on on our YouTube page if you want to go back and, and watch it. But the big thing that we're seeing from John McGinn now is he's been given a bit of freedom. He's been given a bit of freedom in the middle of midfield because yeah. Dean Smith has said that he's our best player. Uh, he's he's been our, our best player this season, should I say? Like we all know what John McGinn can do. We see him do it for Scotland. You know, I know he went in that scoring spree for Scotland before the Euros. But McGinn McGinn is is he's very highly thought of as a footballer. You know, lots of times, lots of play, people you see it on social media, a bitch and moan about him not having any impact in the game. Yeah. But he's just he's he's an absolute. I can imagine he's a dream to play with if you're if you're a teammate of his because yeah. the amount of work he gets through and what he needs probably is a small bit of direction. And, and and to be kind of reminded of, yeah, you, you don't need to cover every blade of grass in a, in a in a defensive capability trying to make up for other people's mistakes. And I've said that before. That's probably my biggest criticism of him. Criticism of him is that he runs around, which is great, and I don't want him to stop that. But what he does is he's always the man that's there in the position where someone else should have been in, trying to save the day. And I'm torn because you want him to save the day because if he saves the day, he's a hero. But at the end of the day, he's probably sacrificing something from himself and from what he's supposed to be doing. Like you'd never see Ronaldo sprint back and 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 save a ball or sprint back in mm-hmm. like where where McGinn was when when um, Ishmael Sarr crossed the ball in for can't remember whose Dennis. goal it was against Dennis probably it was against Watford McGinn was there because he was breaking his arse to get back there and make mm. a beeline like you'd, you'd never see Bruno you'd never see a lot of top midfielders I'm not going to call out Bruno Fernandes because you actually might see him there but you never see a lot of top midfielders do that and mm. and and maybe his selflessness at times um, puts him in a position where he's, he's he's there to be criticized why didn't he get a block in it you know he got back there yeah, yeah. he's after running 55 yards and flat out base you know so there's always context yeah. to a lot of things with McGinn but on Sunday we saw him play in a lot more kind of a controlled manner and, and he ran the show inside there could you imagine if we had someone like a Kovacic inside there with McGinn the way Kovacic played the weekend you know you couldn't tell the two of them apart other than the fact that Kovacic slid a true ball into one of the best strikers in the world and he profited yeah. on, a, on a on a poor pass back from uh from a um from Tyrone Mings. So it swings and roundabouts, I think, in that aspect. And um, I'm glad you mentioned John McGinn there. And I'm glad that uh you know that you you brought him up in that aspect with regards to the thanks, because I never really thought of him in that instance. The thanks could have had a, a positive influence on him that way. Yeah. Well, I think himself and Ramsey, they they were the two that that I saw playing without fear and literally playing without fear. You can you can from time to time see. McGinn shit himself that he, he may have lost the ball in the situation and he, as you say, Buster's got run 50, 60 yards to win it back. That shouldn't be the way it is. He, he, he should have someone and there was enough players in there behind him, probably against an Everton that would have been able to cover it against Chelsea, probably not. But it's uh, it, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to watch John McGinn at the weekend. And that, uh, to me, that's the John McGinn that, he was the last game I saw him play with that kind of intensity was ironically the day he broke a, a leg against Southampton. He was absolutely buzzing around the park. The referee should have given him a free kick, buzzed out to the sidelines to win back the ball and ends up breaking. He was winning the back out of temper, wasn't he? As well, yeah. like he was, was completely the referee's fault for not giving the free kick in the first place. But that that was the last time I saw it, and I worried that we wouldn't see that John McGinn again. 
but it just goes to show he's, he's I'm not going to say slim down a little bit. He just seems to have worked on his fitness. I can't see much of a di- difference in his physique, but I can definitely see a, a, a difference in his intensity. Maybe COVID helped him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it did. Maybe it did indeed. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other pieces here. Actually, oh, I prepared something. Here's a little something I prepared earlier. Um, uh, shit, I completely forgot all about this, guys. Um, let me just take this. And this was to discuss how Everton uh, set up last week. Sorry, I suppose the the positions that they took up more so than how they they, they set up. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, uh, Mac, Mac Holland there suggested um, he can't see Everton playing three at the back. They they actually took off the one of the central defenders last weekend. It's a, it's a good point. So. This is how they this these these are the positions that they picked up last weekend. Um 22 being Godfrey, 5 being Keen, and 13 being Yarimina, and um, picking up these positions here. So yeah. it, it it was a three at the back last weekend. I know that these two boys are, are, are sat up on top of each other, but uh this is the predominant positions that they that, that they took up. So um it was a three at the back. And, and and just like I don't see us changing our three at the back, I don't see them changing their three at the back either, considering that it's uh you know, it, it, it kind of worked for them at the weekend as well, you know, so uh, um, it's it'll be an interesting one. Look, you know, as I see, even if they play, play only two at the back, who do they bring in there? They bring in, like, their, their two wing-backs to be who? Luca Dean and um, Seamus Coleman, maybe, on the right. Who else do they have? I, I can't even think of who, they, who else they have to play on the right. Or maybe they play Ben, God- ben Godfrey no, on the did. left and Luca Dean on the right, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, one way or another, I think that they, they, uh, they'll have those three players that that started at the back in there somewhere. Um, I think the person that uh, like this is the way they set up. I think the person we really need to look out for as well as Ducore had a super start to the season, has a load of assists. Mm-hmm. I think three assists already. Ducore in there. Um, my old mate Andre Gomez with the world's best hair. Um, what a haircut he has! What a, what what an unbelievable head of hair he has! Should I say he's that's going to be in there? I would imagine that's Alan, isn't it? Alan sitting in front of the back tree, I think. That's Alan. Ducure is yeah. there. I can't remember which one is Ducure. Uh, Richardson, um, uh, Demary Gray, Andreas Townsend. Yeah, so like they 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 will have they will have firepower up there. But I suppose I'm I'm always more when I when I'm looking at this. The, all, every Premier League team has good strikers. You know, every Premier League team has has should have firepower. And I mentioned it at the, at the start of the at the start mm. of the podcast that um, teams have figured out that you know you need to score goals. Yeah, look further down the league, you go to like Norwich with Timo Pukki and Josh Sargent. You know, Timo Pukki has been a shadow of himself this year, and Josh Sargent isn't exactly a name that rolls off the tongue um, for a lot of player, a lot of people, but. Um, it's it's interesting, you see, as I said, that when we're playing against teams that are like like the likes of Everton, who are in fourth in the league, and I think somebody made a point there a moment ago, the second highest scores in the league this year. Yeah, you know, it's good. That's why I think there's going to be loads of goals in this game because I think we're going to score on their back four or their back three, and I think that they're going to score goals too. But let's bring up how Aston Villa set up last week because we've we're almost in unanimous agreement. That Aston Villa are going to play play similarly or the same way that they played the last day. And what we can see here is I'll bring it up. Uh, yeah, here we go. So we had Tunzebe in the mid- playing through the middle, Bings out left and Kanz out right. Douglas Louis slotted in right there in front of, in front. Uh, which this is this is a nice little uh, bank of people here. I like yeah. this. Um, cash probably a small bit too high. 
Um, I think potentially I would like to see him back a small bit further. Uh, same with same with uh with, with Targo. But then again, are we then again are we looking at a five at the back? Maybe maybe this is more profitable here because when we look yeah. at it, it's it's almost a straight line holding a line across the middle here of four. Um, so realistically, I suppose you could look at it at Ming's left back, um, uh, Kanza right back, Douglas Louise and Tuanzebi in the middle. Then you have a bank of four and you have the two boys up front. But the way that, um, the way that, they, that the team sets up here with Ings in this position here, that like you know, if we were to bring in a Bailey in here and swap Bailey and, and Watkins, it could it could still work. And I'm not, I'm nothing against things. I just think that now that we've got options, I think we'll see a horses for courses type of of situation. But I don't see the I don't see Bailey playing out here, even though he did play out there for for Leverkusen for for a period of time. He did play yeah. out there in a Peter Bosch uh, system, which is notoriously difficult, and he takes no prisoners. Peter Bosch apparently he's a bit of a, um he, he ex- I was going to say something there, but he he expects expects lots from his players. Put it that way. <laughs> Um, I don't see Bailey playing out here, and, and I think that Matt Target is is going to hold his position. Um, but it's just going to be interesting with the options that we're going to have inside there. See, McGinn was up very far forward as well, besides That's no surprise to me. But I suppose you could you could nearly say here that McGinn was wasn't really that far forward, but Ings was more withdrawn into that ten position, kind of like we expected him to be when we signed him and Jacob Ramsey here. But we're very compact. See the way we're compact here in this instance here. So when we played a fourth, and I wish I actually had an overlay here of when we played four at the back, we used to set up something similar to this with, um, there used to be a gap between our two center halves and it wouldn't be too dissimilar to what we can see here. Mings was probably a small bit further this way. Uh, Kanza was probably a small bit further this way. And Cash was probably a small bit further out this way when we played a four at the back. So what we're, we're kind deeper, of looking at... We were deeper than that as well, Neil, I would imagine. Slightly only. Slightly. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like, I don't like... Just based on memory, I think we're only slightly yeah. deeper. But what this does is this allows us to pack the midfield where we've had problems. So once again... I feel that Dean Smith knows he needed a defensive midfielder. He didn't buy, didn't go out and just panic buy one because he wants the right one. I think that's very much a staple of Johan Lange as well uh, for for uh, where we are at the moment. You don't want to go just dropping thirty million on players that you know you're going to have to get rid of and rid of in two years' time. He wants to build something here, so I kind of like this setup here, and I don't think I, I think it lends itself to being difficult to break down. Um, Although, look, I know what people are going to say here. Both our goals came from this side, and that's probably where we are. No, there's a, there's a, a just a canyon across here. Kovacic's pass was from probably in and around this position. Yeah, just slid it in right in the back here of um, of what you call him of uh, Tunzebe and and Lukaku came on here. The other one was uh, Mings was cut out more or less in this position. It took him ages to get turned, and by the time the ball got to Lukaku over here, it just drilled into the back of the net. So look. It's not a it's not a perfect science here yet. It's not a perfect science at all, but it's interesting to see the way that we we set up clogging the midfield, but also having platforms to attack. Unlike a team, let's say like Newcastle, when we did the statistical analysis, where Newcastle just clogged the midfield and they have no platform to attack at the moment. That's a really disjointed setup that they have. Although on mm. paper it looks pretty decent, they they just don't have the players to 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 break at pace and 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 to work at the moment. Or maybe the system just doesn't allow him to do it. Yeah. That's my top and tip, and you weren't any on that. Um <laughs> so Paddy, we're here, we're talking, we're chatting 45 minutes. Uh, we'll get to a couple more comments in a moment. Uh, actually, do you know what? We'll get to a couple of comments first. 
Um, before we do that, Dara, what would you look at that? It's ridiculous. He had 423 games since Sunday. So uh, <laughs> the old cognitive decline isn't kicking in just yet. It's not kicking in just yet. Um, nice exercise to pizza, Dara. <laughs> exercise to pizza, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob Ramsey was great last week. In a strange way, I like these yellow cards. Last season, he would have been knocked off the ball. This season, he's dragged men to the ground. C- couldn't agree more. He's, he's absolutely been a block in that midfield. Mm. And... Very, very sneaky, pivotal player for us, I think, at the moment. Sneaky, pivotal player. Um, Elliot says that McGinn definitely benefits in a three-man midfield. Villa look more solid in a three-midfield. Um, they look more solid in, in this three-midfield, I think, for sure. Um, you know, since since Ramsey came on against Watford, arguably, we you would say we haven't been blown out in any game in midfield since then, arguably. Yeah. We've been passive in midfield, but but Watford just went through us like a dose of salts mm. at times in the first half. And Ramsey's come in there, and I just think they're they're a nice unit together. Saying that we didn't have two of them against Brentford as well, uh, and Brentford probably played through us a small a bit too in the small instances that they were willing to pass the ball forward and pass it through us as well. But um, yeah. special mention for that yellow card. It was a bloody disgrace. He let the challenges he let go early on, and he got he goes and books the own flood, the easy target to settle the game down. You got you got to be consistent. Jesus, we've had our fair share of absolute idiots in the centre of the park yeah. this season. Anyway, enough about them. They get it over exactly. John Steele fancies us to beat Everton. The Benitez effect with Wayne, great coach, but I think we can press their defence to death. Absolutely, and we have form. Dean Smith has form against Everton. Don't forget. We have, uh, you know, we always have a performance in the bag for them. Uh, I'll never forget Wesley and Muslin Yerimina off the ball there as the ball was played down the side of their yeah. defenders. And I'll say it again, Everton and, and a lot of defenders in the Premier League do not like the ball being played down the side of them. That's another reason why I would like to see Watkins and Bailey in there because that's what you need. If you play the ball down the side of players, you need to have pace to get in, to get in across them, win penalties. That's how Bruno Fernandes wins penalties. That's how... how um, how a lot of players, I suppose it's an old-fashioned way of winning penalties, but it still works. And look, hey, if we go there and we we win three nil and we get three penalties, pfft, who's going to complain? No. Shout out, shout out to John there. He uh, he dropped in a present for for you, Neil. Uh, just to explain, explain. I haven't actually got it to him yet, John. He, he just with COVID and everything else, but he he will get it. I know he kind of said, "Oh, you can keep it yourself," but no, it's going to Neil. Definitely <laughs> and I know Gaz Gaz has given out Gaz Ox has given out that I haven't got rid of the the Grealish picture yet. It still has the X <laughs> over it, and I've tried to cover his face with a villa with a villa um thing, but uh, <laughs> up there where the other Grealish poster was, that's where John's present is going to go. Um, right up there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Although this whole place will be coming down soon. Uh, well, within the next month or six weeks, I'll be moving into a um, custom-built place. A studio, yes, not office. Studio, studio, studio. Yeah. For love of pomegranate towers. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah, yeah. That's, all you got to do is just, if anyone wants to send us any friend, they'll just write, write, for the love of pomegranate, Ireland, it'll get us, don't worry. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, this is actually a good point with the investor Villa made in wingers. I can't see Dean Smith continuing with a back three horses for courses, as he said. Up the villa, yeah. there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder does he see both Traore and Bailey as only wingers based on what he said before? Um, I think that well, uh, we've, we've discussed many times about, about the likes of uh, 
Berti playing through the middle and things we'd like to see. That could be the case. But I think there's a lot to a lot to be said about what he's just typed there because you know, as I suggested, I, I think we'll play three this weekend because it worked so well last weekend and we're just leading up to the fact that we'll probably play three against Manu and maybe against Spurs and then may revert to type with with whatever it is that, that he sees as our long-term formation or maybe he sees that our formation will need to change on a week-to-week basis, on a, on a case-by-case basis, mm. which for once... Uh, we're looking now, what are we, our third year in the Premier League? We're looking at a squad of players with the ability to change that into any formation that we like. As pissed off and all as I was at losing Jack, this is where we're at. And I, I think in a year's time, when we see the fruition of everything that's going on behind the scenes, when the young lads are coming through, I think Jack will be pissed off and he'll look back and go, I wish I was part of that. Maybe that's me just being a bit mad, but... That's the way I feel about it. I'm hoping that's the case. Being a Villa fan, you would think that would be the case. But I think we're about a year away from something special. It may not happen this season, but by the start of next season, I think we could be really onto something. Uh, yeah, we better make sure we get the exclusive interview so where he says he's pissed off at the fact that, uh, that, that he wasn't <laughs> here. So um, I better get working on that one. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Um well, if we hear that's a good point actually from True Magpie Bertrand and the whole of his trickery and speed of thought could really work. Yeah, I think the thing one the one thing about Bertrand is though sometimes he has the he has the the ball manipulated or done or passed or shot before he's even thought himself. I think sometimes I think those feet just work by themselves sometimes, which is not a criticism of him by the way. I think it's something that makes him actually really beneficial to us in the long run because. Um, I think Dean Smith wants that. I think he wants predictability board in the way we set up. Like we could go out with three four three at the weekend. You know, we could go out with like realistically, we've a set of players there that we can uh we, we can manipulate into different formations, as you said, Patty. And like we were we were talking about a three five two for ages, mm-hmm. not really expecting it, if I was to be really honest. And the next thing, bang. Stamford Bridge. Lads, we're going to go down to Stamford Bridge there without our best goalkeeper and then we bring the... Uh, we're going to play a 3-5-2 and we're going to arguably play the best football we've played all year. So, look, uh, there's a reason why I ask questions about coaches and how they coach and how how uh, quickly they can get their, their message across to players. Let's see what happens at the weekend. I, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I can't wait for it, to be honest with you. Um, it's... Like, uh, like the mo- the modern-day coaches working with individuals. It's not just a team, team yes. effort. They need to be coached on an, on, on, a, on an individual basis. And, you know, we've seen it, we've heard about it, we've read about it this week, and we're going to see the fruits of it. I'm pretty sure we're going to see the fruits of it fairly soon. And mm. if we haven't already last week. Exactly, exactly. Just we're going to end with Kieran O'Callaghan. How are you doing, sir? Thanks a million for tuning in. As always, great great friend of the show is Mr. O'Callaghan. Um, and a friend of nearly, I, I would imagine everybody who's been to Villa Park at any <laughs> stage is, is probably uh, make cured or come across him at some stage. So thanks William for popping in. Um, that's going to do it, lads. That's going to do it for today. Thanks so much, everybody, for all the questions, all the comments and stuff. We love going down through them. I know I've missed a couple of them there. I'm so sorry. It just went up like a ticker tape at one stage and 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 yeah. I couldn't remember where I, let, where I, uh, I finished off. Um I'm going to be on location again doing the team sheet tantrum, probably from my car driving this time on Saturday. Um, but don't worry, all road safety uh, protocols will be taken into account. Um, but uh, yeah, for 
the four thirty kickoff, uh, or sorry, the the four twenty team sheet tantrum will uh, will be just that bit too early before I get to where I'm going. Um, but uh, listen, thanks so much, guys, for everything you do for the podcast. Really, really, really appreciate it. You know, and um, thanks for sharing it. Thanks for you know retweeting it and stuff like that. And if you want to do it to this to try and get it out there as well, that'd be fantastic. Um, but we'll see you again on Saturday. We'll be back with a team sheet tantrum and we will be back with a tactical breakdown. I've just had a mental day, mental week in work. And to be honest with you, my hangover didn't finish until about 14 minutes before this podcast. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't look at numbers. I would have got them all wrong. Before um, before you before you close everything up there, Neil, just give a quick shout out to John McGinn, who got a, a bit of abuse at the weekend. Yes. Mindless yes. abuse. It happens. It's a name I've been called many times. Doesn't bother me. Not in the slightest. But is it right? No. Did it bother John again? Probably not. Nothing he hasn't heard before, but mm. no place for it. In, in this day and age, no place for it. Goes on a bit too too often for my liking. But look, that's life. Until these people are dealt with appropriately, we're going to be looking at it forever and just hope that they can... I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll find him on camera who was doing this. <laughs> it can't be that hard. But no, Chelsea, yeah, have, Chelsea have a history with these things, so I wouldn't be too sure yeah. that he'd be punished in any way. But look, if you were sitting around him, name him, shame him, put him out there, because that's the only way this is going to stop. Yeah, absolutely. 100% well said, Paddy. Well said. Regardless of, uh, yeah, regardless of who he is, you know, he should be made, an, everybody that does it should be made an example of. Uh, no place for it whatsoever. Right, lads. See you on Saturday. We'll be back with a team sheet tantrum. All that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.